0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Well, good evening. Happy Monday. I'm Dr. Gina, and this is Primetime Time. And it's impeachment trial week. Feels like deja vu a little bit, but the Democrats just can't let go of their favorite person, Donald Trump. He lives in their heads absolutely rent-free. And even though they don't have the votes to convict him, uh, what is their real game plan? That is really the question. Jenna Ellis coming up to tell us her theory on that. And last week, we showed you the video of Shepard Smith, appalled at how shoppers in Naples, Florida, grocery store were shopping without masks. The horror. We have the owner of that grocery store on the show tonight. You will not want to miss this. But first, let's head out to our host and correspondents on the ground. First, Washington, D.C., where Ben Burkwam was out and about earlier today, checking out what the streets looked like ahead of the impeachment. Here's that report from Ben.
2: Hey, Dr. Gina, we are out here, uh, we're gonna be following this all week. The Senate trial, impeachment trial is set to begin against President Trump, now a private citizen. That's one of the arguments that is gonna be raised. Uh, We believe that this is unconstitutional on its face, but the irony, a couple things I just want to bring to your attention, which you you can probably already see, the big fence that's behind me, 10 foot high fence with razor wire and National Guard troops protecting this building while on our southern border, we're told we can't have walls down there, we can't protect our own country, we can't protect our citizens. It is the hypocrisy and double standard that the American people are getting to see on full display. The same Democrats who said that Trump supporters are violent are ignoring the fact that just days ago, we had BLM and Antifa members marching back through this city, attacking people while they're trying to eat and destroying property. This is the, the, what the American people get to see with their own eyes. We'll be following it, I imagine we'll have some Trump supporters out here tomorrow, and possibly some protesters. It'll be interesting to see what comes of this though. Obviously the Trump support, the, the American people, the Republicans in America, still support President Trump. He is the number one Republican in America, uh, and they're getting to see, even on the Democrat side, just how far left the Democrat party has become. So we're gonna cover it from all kinds of different angles. We're gonna be bringing to you uh, people on the streets and getting interviews, and uh, but this is as close as I can get in the People's Republic of the District of Columbia.
1: Whoa, mind blown. I just became a bit mochi on this show. I cannot believe that is the fence. I, I hadn't seen it yet. I didn't know. That looks like a prison. That is to keep the American people out. I'm sorry, I am absolutely blown away. Ben, you're going to have to come on this show every night and tell us about this. That is mind blowing that that has happened in these United States of America. Is everyone else as shocked as me here on this show? I'm sorry, I don't usually pause the show and start talking to producers, but that's what I do, because I I just absolutely, then I cannot believe that. Thank you so much for bringing that to our attention. We will have you on every night talking to us about that and our folks from there on the ground in Washington, D.C. I never thought, never thought, my mind just goes straight to you know, how we said that we were going to do this show from Palm Beach because a lot happens here in Palm Beach. It is the Winter White House, was the Winter White House, is the, you know, sort of the Trump central now of Trump headquarters and most of the activity that happens in media will probably come out of Palm Beach because nothing interesting is going to happen in Washington, D.C. except for a big old stack of executive orders. And uh, But there, now you have this. I never would have ever thought that we would see Something like this—a fence, a prison fence, keep with razor wire around the top of it, keeping the people out of the capital of the United States. I just—I'm mind blown. I cannot believe that. I don't know when people are going to do something about this. Uh, you know, in terms of just contacting your senators and congressmen, and uh, I had no idea what it was going to look. Like. I thought a fence. I don't know. I just didn't expect the razor wire. I think. Anyway, we're gonna go, we're gonna carry on. We are gonna actually have a show tonight, despite my shock and uh, embarrassment of uh, Nancy Pelosi and the clowns there. Uh, And we're gonna head out to Carrie Sheffield. Carrie, what do you have for us today?
3: Hey there, Dr. Gina. Here's the latest on the reopening of America. First to California, the United States Supreme Court late on Friday issued a ruling that said that indoor church services can happen. So this was a divided Supreme Court late on Friday. It blocked California from imposing an outright ban on indoor church services during the pandemic, but the justices kept in place for the time being, capacity limits and a ban on singing and chanting. There are many pastors, we've had a bunch on this network, who were upset about this because you could only worship outside, so this is a victory for them. They're obviously going to keep pushing for additional measures here to reopen. Also now over to Iowa, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds removes the COVID-19 social distancing and masks rules. She says, I strongly encourage that all businesses or other employers remaining open with in-person operations, take reasonable measures under the circumstances of each establishment to ensure the health of employees, patrons, and members of the public, including social distancing practices, increased hygiene practices, and other public health measures to reduce the risk of transmission of COVID-19. That is a proclamation signed by the governor, the Public Health Disaster Proclamation. So imagine that she is letting the businesses make their own decisions to use their own best judgment to make sure that their customers are happy and feel safe, but using their own common sense. That does it. Back to you, Dr. Gina.
1: All right. Well, welcome to the land of the living, Iowa. Expect your COVID rates to go down now that they have lifted the stupid rules like masking that are scientifically proven to actually Raise COVID rates. And yes, that's documented. We documented and talk about the data every night on the show. And tonight is no exception. You'll want to stay tuned. We're going to talk even more about the data that is accumulating on the use of masks and how, when they are mandated, COVID rates do rise. Let's head out to Denver, Colorado, where the Real America's Voice World headquarters is located. Jessica, you always have great stuff. Can't wait. What are you working on today? Well, Dr.
4: Gina, President Joe Biden is actually planning for the U.S. to rejoin China and Russia in the United States or the United Nations Human Rights Council, uh, something President Trump actually pulled the U.S. out of uh, due to its anti-Israel stance and lack of accountability. But the irony in all of this is members like China, Russia, Cuba and Venezuela are some of the world's worst violators of human rights. And this is the very reason the original Commission of Human Rights, which was started in 1946, was actually replaced in 2006 by the current UNHRC. Yet in April of 2020, China gained entry into the new council. U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says the UNHRC is a haven for dictators and the democracies that indulge them. So it looks as if Biden wants to indulge these brutal and murderous tyrants, Especially since it is very public knowledge that China is committing genocide against the Muslim minority group there, the known as the Uyghurs, not to mention the atrocities committed in Cuba and Venezuela over the years. Yet according to a Biden official, it's an important forum for those fighting tyranny and injustice around the world. But Dr. Gina, if that was the truth, why are countries like China, Iran, Venezuela, and North Korea still allowed to violate human rights with no recourse. Yet Israel is not recognized or even able to become a member. And where does all this money go? The answer is no one really knows because the UNHRC works in secrecy. But I'm sure this is just another one of Biden's moves that will surely please the American people, which is giving more money to corrupt governments. Dr. Gina.
1: It just continues, doesn't it? I don't know, Jessica, if you saw the report at the beginning by Ben Burquam standing in front of the Capitol fence, but uh, it's, it's shocking when you think about the way that the government at this point is pushing out the American people while letting in um, you know, foreign threats that are very real, taking down the fence that President Trump built uh, to let in foreign threats. And we know drug cartels and others are coming in, human traffickers and the like, Um, but we're keeping the American people out of our own state capital. I just, I don't know about you, but this is just all, when you think of, and and I don't tend to go here often, but it is part of who I am, definitely. Think of biblical prophecy, calling wrong right and right wrong, uh, up, down, and down up. I feel like that's where we are. It's it's the only thing that comes to mind when I look at this kind of news.
4: We are absolutely there. Uh, I know you're a believer. I am a believer, and I think the same thing. Um, everything is all upside down. So you're right, that is very biblical. And it's sad to see because it's almost as if the American people are the enemy for even questioning anything that their government does nowadays, but the government never comes up with any answers. So uh, it's very frustrating, but I guess we'll just have to see how things play out. Dr.
1: Gina. Thank you so much, Jessica. Now let's head back to Washington, D.C. to Sophie Mann from Just The News. Sophie, what stories are you looking on over at Just The News tonight?
0: Hi, Dr. Gina. Well, tonight we've got a couple of stories about, as you were just speaking about with Ben and Jessica, the Capitol complex and the security precautions taking place around it right now. So one of our biggest stories on the site today that I would really recommend everybody go check out because it deals with this unbelievable letter from former um, Capitol Police Chief Steven Steven Son, who you may recall um, resigned from his post just days after the Capitol breach. So basically what he's done is write an eight-page letter to the heads uh to the leaders of Congress. The letter is addressed to Nancy Pelosi, but was delivered to Mitch McConnell, uh Steny Hoyer, and Kevin McCarthy as well. And he gives us a very very detailed timeline of what actually happened on January 6th. And the biggest takeaway point that he has is that he really hopes that the public and media and to an extent politicians pause for a moment in their blame Um, that they've levied against the Capitol Police, because what he really wants to drive home as a point is that the entire uh, United States intelligence apparatus appears to have missed each and every warning signal of what could actually happen um, at the Capitol on the 6th, and therefore, you know, his team was not given the information that they needed to work with. So he's saying there was a bigger failure than just manpower that day. There was an intelligence failure. I think the exact quotation is, The entire U.S. intelligence community seems to have missed this. And I think that that brings up a lot of flags and future questions that we're going to continue to stay on and follow, you know, as this story heads into its now second month.
1: Wow. The the plot certainly thickens. And I think you really get to a point where you have to wonder if all this pre-planning happened, what kind of case do they have uh, to say that the president had anything to do with it on uh, the very day of? It doesn't make a lot of sense. So thank you so much, Sophie. Coming up, Democrats don't have the votes to convict, so what will their play be? We're going to ask attorney Jenna Ellis coming up, and she has some answers, so you're going to want to stick around. We're Dr. Gina. Crime time. Coming right at you this Monday. Stay where you are.
4: Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital.
1: As I told you, it's impeachment week, and I'm sure you already know that. Feels like deja vu, except something feels quite different this time. Uh, That is that Donald Trump is not the president anymore, he's actually a private citizen. But the left has no ability to control themselves and their mission to destroy Donald Trump and his entire movement because their biggest fear is that Donald Trump and the MAGA movement still exist in huge numbers, which they do. And that is the biggest threat to the elite's wealth and power. So they feel a need to continue to try to take them down. Now, Chief Justice John Roberts was so creeped out by the whole exercise of impeaching a private citizen that he said he wouldn't even show up to preside over the impeachment trial. So what is the point of all of this anyway? Well, here with me now to try to make sense of it all, constitutional law attorney Jenna Ellis Jenna, it's just so good to see you. Fresh-faced, you look a little more relaxed than the last couple of times I've actually seen you. Um, And we're glad to have you with us tonight, thank
5: you. Yes, so great to join you, and
1: uh, yes. A little more relaxed, (laughs) yes. Um, Jenna, we already know this entire impeachment, uh, you know, dog and pony show, frankly, is unconstitutional. But that hasn't stopped the Democrats. There seem to be never any ramifications for them or reprisal but they clearly do not have the votes to convict. So what is the point? And do you think that they probably practically
5: almost wish they could get out of it at this point? <laughs> you know, the Democrats always overreach. That has been part of their playbook since before Donald Trump took office. And, you know, this upcoming trial, Gina, I think is not even about Donald Trump because clearly he's not the president anymore. They This is totally unconstitutional, but this is not putting Donald Trump on trial, they are putting on trial the 74 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, who still support him, and who still stand for conservatism and for the Constitution and for the rule of law. This is about trying to intimidate us and to silence us and to say, we will come after you in any way possible, even if it's totally outside of the bounds of the Constitution, if you are not willing to completely step back and uh, basically renege and resign and revoke your support for everything that Donald Trump stood for. So tomorrow, it's not just Donald Trump on trial. It's the 74 million Americans who love this country. They wanted him to testify, he is not planning to do that, but
1: I kind of thought personally it wasn't a bad idea, because who's better in Donald Trump's own behalf than Donald Trump? Obviously, his attorneys said advised him not to, I don't think he's going to, Uh, but do you think there's anything in here that could go wrong for President Trump?
5: You know, I have known uh, David Schoen for a number of years. He's an excellent lawyer. And I think that uh, between him and Bruce Castor and the attorneys that have been working on this case, um, I think that they have an excellent trial strategy. I thought that their briefs um, in support of the Constitution and support of the president were excellent. And so I think that um, he's very wise to listen to counsel. And I think that uh, everything that they're doing uh, is definitely right on track with the Constitution. But we know that this is political theater. This is the same thing happened last time. It's the same thing that the Democrats are trying to do, um, you know, that they've been trying to do for the last four years. And so I don't think anything is going to go wrong in terms of there's even a remote possibility that Donald Trump will be convicted. It's just a matter of making sure that the truth comes out, that the facts come out, and that Uh, We, as the American people, see through this absolute political sham. This is not what Article One impeachment power is designed for, Gina. This is not supposed to be a mere political exercise against your opposition or to try to silence anyone. This is an absolute sham that the Democrats are still continuing forward. And what's the worst possible outcome for the Democrats? Well, you know, I think that uh, they need to be very conscientious and careful moving forward into 2022, because right now they do have the majority. But as we saw, I mean, Republicans in 2016 had the majority in uh, both houses and also the White House. And that can uh, you know be be a disaster for them um, in some of the ways that you know I thought that Paul Ryan was not a good Speaker of the House and he uh, frankly didn't set us up well to go into midterms uh, during Donald Trump's presidency. So I think that the Democrats are uh, very cocky right now. They're uh, thinking that they don't have anything to lose, but I think that moving forward, conservatives need to be very strategic. We need to go back um, into some of these states and still advocate for uh, election integrity. We need to advocate for the principles of constitutional conservatism. We need to represent uh, the truth of our American heritage, um, the principles that Donald Trump has fought for every step of the way. We shouldn't be silenced or coerced into silence. And I think that the worst possible outcome for the Democrats is showing their true colors. And that's exactly what they're starting to do uh, now that Joe Biden has been inaugurated and now that they think they have nothing to lose. That's a very, very dangerous ground for them.
1: Well said, Jenna Ellis. Thank you so much, as always, for being with us. Let's get you on again soon.
5: Sounds good. Thanks.
1: All right. And the Biden administration working overtime to make it easy for illegal immigrants to get into the United States. The disastrous policy of catch and release has been reinstated at the southern border. If they can get across the border, illegal aliens are given a notice to appear in court and they are set free. It's very odd that in one breath, the experts say the only way to save everyone from dying of COVID is to test and vaccinate everyone and to continue social distancing and continue wearing masks and to restrict our travel. But when it comes to border security, just we sweep that all under the rug and we forget all about it. Just let them all come. Don't worry about masks. Don't worry about social distancing. Don't worry about testing. So one of two things could be true here. Either the politicians don't think COVID is actually a big problem and they're just using this for an ulterior motive and so that's got to be one option or they believe that covid really is deadly they don't mind putting american lives in danger in order to gain their political power either way pretty disgusting so that's what i think about that and here with me now to discuss founder of share together Yako Boyans. Yako, great to see you good to have you with us um you've been a big fan of president trump's support of immigration and customs enforcement especially in the area of human trafficking. But right now, the Biden administration has been essentially just gutting the ability of ICE to do their jobs, essentially rendering them ineffective. How quickly can the Trump accomplishments be undone, Yako? And what impact is this going to have on all the work that you have done in coordination with the Trump administration to save lives of those who are being trafficked?
6: Gina, thanks for having me on and tackling such an important subject. This could be catastrophic very quickly, as soon as next week. Because what we need to understand is that convoy that's coming to the border, and and they'll come wave after wave. We're now identifying that over 40% of children, and again, these children are being smuggled across the border. Sure, not every child, but too many of them. There's a reason that wall was built. You talk to CBP, they're having nightmares at the moment. You know, the men and women who give their lives on the border to actually defend and protect Americans and care about the children that are coming across the border. There's never been a single human being in this country in any elected office that has done more than Donald J. Trump. Nobody has established more of a coalition with the NGOs in the country, law enforcement, interdepartment connectivity and and, uh, um, alliances to, to fight the scourge of human trafficking in our country, and it could be wiped out in a matter of seconds. I'll give you an example. An, an office was established by Ivanka Trump, President Trump in the White House to fight human trafficking. I was there today the with Jenna Ellis, who you just sat on when he signed that executive order. That office is now silent. We don't even know that that office exists anymore. We don't know that there'll be any support at the moment from the White House or any funding appropriated, Gina. So this could be bad quickly.
1: Yako, you know there is a massive prison wall around our capital uh, with razor wire around the top of it. While Joe Biden is tearing down uh, the effort of uh, stopping the effort of building any further walls around to protect the American people, so we're going to keep the American people out of the nation's capital, our nation's capital. But we're going to stop construction on the wall that protects American children uh, from being human trafficked. Yako. Uh, if COVID is so deadly too, um, you have to consider, you know, this, is the, this is the issue that we've seen flashed across our television screens. You know, in the Biden administration, I'm gonna say, they didn't run on human trafficking. They almost never mentioned it. It's never been a tenant of, uh, of any of their agenda. But COVID has been something they've talked about over and over again. Why are Democrats so comfortable with allowing illegals to pour over the border and then releasing them to the American public as if they don't pose any threat, as if somehow illegals don't get COVID? I mean, this is this is fantasy thought.
6: Gina, COVID is important when it falls in line with their plan, when it falls in line with putting them in office. And as long as they get in office, then the coast is clear. They're free sailing because they don't care about the American people. He ran on $2,000 in a stimulus check. He dropped it to $1,400. He's going to open the borders. It's going to have catastrophic effects, not just on human trafficking, but COVID, on the healthcare system, on Social Security. It's going to tap the society. I'm an immigrant. I had to go through a process of being legally sworn in, which was a long process as a legal U.S. immigrant. And it should be that way. It should be hard to get in because it's worth so much. It's such an amazing nation. They don't care about COVID when it's convenient for them in the ivory towers, right? So no, it's not convenient for their plan to test people on the border because they may have to turn 50 or 60% of the people away and that wouldn't look good for them. So just let them pour in. So it's all about, it's like horses for courses. When it suits them, the rules change
1: terrifying. Jaco Boyans, we appreciate your work on human trafficking, uh, and we hope that uh, we'll, we would we definitely continue to have you on the show to promote more of that, because if they're not going to do anything on the national level, we'll sure be able to work on it on the state and local level. So I want to at least give people that encouragement. There's still a lot of work to be done, and we can catch up on the state and local level until we have the gavel back on the national level. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Gina. Absolutely. You know, your time is the one thing. You can never get back. And after a year of COVID, we know a lot more than we did just a few months ago. The data does not match what the experts have been telling you. You may have lost a lot of time with your loved ones and a lot of time out of your life. And I think we're going to make you a little angry, but we're going to tell you some hard truths. Coming up next on Dr. Gina pratt Stay with
4: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you.
1: Now, we've been living with COVID for a year now, and we've learned a lot about what actually works and what doesn't work. There's a lot of data that shows us the result of lockdowns and mask mandates, and we've talked a lot about it on this show. But my next guest has been crunching these numbers, and you won't believe what he found. Joining me now, the founder of Rational Ground, Justin Hart. Justin, great to see you. Thank you so much for being with us.
7: Tina, great to be with you today.
1: Justin, I'm based in Florida, and for the most part, the state of Florida has been open for business during the pandemic. Now, I will tell you, I'm in the most repressive county, that is Palm Beach County, it's a red county, Uh, but you compared California and Florida and found that locked down California didn't have the expected results. I want you to tell us about that.
7: Yeah, if you look at the different dates, we know that phase three of the reopening for Florida, where the statewide mandates were lifted uh, all together, happened right at the end of the summer there. Uh, California, I'm down here in San Diego, and we've been masked up to the hilt. We've been locked down to the to the teeth. And uh, our cases, our hospitalizations, and most importantly, our deaths per million by population have fared much worse than Florida, which has been relatively open, uh, especially by comparison. And this is especially astounding considering that the median age of Florida is much older, it being a popular retirement destination. Uh, the average age of Florida, uh, Floridian is about 42 to 45 years old. The average age for a Californian is under 35. And so even given that age difference, California performed much worse over this last range especially. Uh, and over the long haul, I think they'll actually surpass Florida in their deaths. And I think part of it is due to uh, these unfortunate lockdowns, which have uh, kept people indoors. And we know that the major transmission points of COVID from the research that's been done have been over domestic transmission. So uh, I don't know who devised the policy to stay out of the sun, lock yourselves inside so you can get sick and have takeout and get fat. But uh, we know that lack of vitamin D and comorbidity of obesity are two of the biggest risks you can obtain. So if we look at California, we just, it's hands down Florida had the better policy as far as the results go.
1: Fauci said Florida was asking for trouble when we were one of the first states to start opening back up. But um, Florida did really well. And the one thing that everybody notices about Florida is that most of the state does not require people to wear masks. But you compared counties in the state that had mask mandates and did not require masks. And you found that masks actually didn't help at all, but they actually hurt Uh, Were you surprised at that statistic? And what's the theory behind why that is the case?
7: Well, I'm I'm not too surprised by the statistic. I think if you're trying to use sort of uh, manual means to stop a virus, you might as well put forth your arm to stop the Mississippi River. In this chart, as you can see, we examined Florida counties which had a mask mandate and Florida counties which did not. Those that did not had lower cases per million than those that were masked up and mandated now i'm not saying that masks were the primary cause of more cases in that county but i will tell you definitively there is very few instances around the country at all where you can point to that a mask mandate has made any significant difference in the reduction of cases hospitalizations or deaths
1: and you looked at six six different states in the midwest and northeast that are all close together and what did you find
7: there Well, this, I think, is the most definitive proof that what they call NPIs, non-pharmaceutical interventions like lockdowns and mask mandates, have little effect on this. As you can see, six different states that are relatively adjacent to each other, and their caseloads and their hospitalizations all went up at the same time and all came down at the same time, indicating that, as we know, there's a seasonality to influenza, and it turns out there very well could be a seasonality to coronavirus, to the COVID disease. And that being the case, there's little you can do to stop this. And imagine if we had taken all the energy towards masking, all the energy towards lockdowns and put them towards the most vulnerable population, uh, our most prized uh, populist, the elderly. And I think we could have saved much more lives if we had a concentrated protection program. Uh, But again, look, I wanna be clear. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a virologist. And normally I wouldn't insert myself into this conversation in such a dramatic way. But they sure seem to be inserting themselves into my life, my education, my kids' education, my my business, my church. Uh, I hope they'll forgive me if I've gone out and checked their math because I've done it and it's just off.
1: Wow. So, so the conclusion, uh, because you made a graphic that lays out your total findings of everything. Can you tell us about that?
7: Yeah, we looked at a large swath of cases from May until December. So this included many of the two big humps that we saw uh, of the the waves of COVID that came across the country. And we looked at states and counties with mandates and without mandates. And sometimes they were on, sometimes they were off. But we took that into account and we found that on average, on a given day, you could expect 10 fewer cases per 100,000 of population in counties that were not masked up. So if the intention of masks is to indeed uh, reduce caseloads, reduce hospitalizations, reduce deaths, there's little evidence after the fact to show that that's the case. And my real problem with masks is this, is that it seems to mask the real issue, which are these terrible lockdown policies, which have led to dramatic increases in misdiagnosed or misdiagnosed cancers, 50% 50% of immunizations were missed. And just consider this statistic. Because our schools mm-hmm. were down, one study attributes that we have missed 250,000 cases of child domestic abuse because right. those are typically found out where? At school. And schools Yeah, Yeah, and, and
1: you've got cancer. I mean, you've got depression. You've got alcoholism, drug addiction, all the rest of the things that came that they're completely overlooking those deaths as well. Uh, Justin Hart, thank you so much for being with us. Tell us again where we can find all this data.
7: Thanks, Gina. You can find us at rationalground.com or me at Twitter, Justin underscore Hart.
1: Thank you so much, Justin Hart. All right. On Friday, I showed you the CNBC clip of Shepard Smith clutching his pearls and hyperventilating at the sight of people not wearing masks in Naples, Florida at Oaks Farms Seed to Table Market. Here's a little of it.
6: We all fantasize about a time when we won't have to wear the masks anymore. It's not now. But some at a supermarket in Florida appear to have decided that the time is now. Look at this. This was the scene at Oaks Farm Seed and to Table Market in Naples today. NBC's Sam Brock took this video, which went viral. It looks like it was taken pre-pandemic, right? Most customers and employees not wearing masks at all. Florida does not have a mask mandate, but masks do work. The science is crystal clear. In July, the CDC director said the United States could get COVID under control in four to eight weeks if we would only all wear masks.
1: So apparently Shep didn't look at the science that my last guest did, but let's check in with the founder of that store, the one Shep Smith was talking about, Oaks Farm Seed to Table Market, Alfie Oaks. Alfie, Great to see you! Thank you for being with us tonight.
8: Hi, Dr. Gina. Very glad, glad to be with you today. Um, we're 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 blessed to be at our store where we can, um, you know, breathe freely. Uh, I've I've left it from the beginning for everyone's individual choice to, to to make the decision of what what they felt was best for them. Uh, for the last year, we've never masked. Uh, we've not social distanced. In here, we've just con- continued to live our lives. Uh, we eat healthy. Uh, we get lots of sunshine, and and you know the people, the people, the American people are not foolish people. If they were bringing disease or, or uh, you know, killing their families from from coming here, then then they they wouldn't be shopping here. We are the busiest grocery store in all of Southwest Florida. We have maybe sixty thousand people coming through, uh, through here a week, and we've been hugging and kissing from the the whole whole last year. And there's eleven 1, hundred fifty people. Uh, per day moving to Florida because we don't have these ridiculous absurd lockdown measures and and the people are making their their choice. Uh, you know, I like to tell people that the national average says that by the thirty two hundred employees that we have here, that by the national average, four point eight people might have died if we were if we were going in line with the national average. And, and of course, uh, many of us should be sick, according to them, if we're all these rogue uh, cl- Covid deniers, uh, but the, the, the facts are that that no one, thank God, no one in, in in our company has has died, and that that very very few of us have been been sick at all, and and we've just been been living our lives.
1: All right, Chef Smith, Alfie went so far as to say that you believe Covid is a hoax, which is the same thing they said by the way about President Trump. They said that he believed it was a hoax. Um, that's not the part he was talking about, or if I heard you right. Um, the hoax, correct me if I'm wrong, is uh, that the experts are telling us things and they prove to be untrue, like the mask data. You're not saying COVID is a hoax. You're saying that what they're telling us is not based on the data that we're getting from the charts and the graphs and the science that has been gathered to date, um, saying that if you, wear, if you don't wear a mask, you'll get COVID. We just talked about this. Um, the CDC reports everyone with symptoms as a COVID case and then they proceed to tell us that there were virtually zero flu cases around the world this entire year. Alfie, they want to call you a conspiracy theorist, but the hoax isn't that COVID isn't real. I had it. It was very real. Uh, The hoax we are all talking about is the media and the left and their use of COVID to push a political agenda. Is that true?
8: That's absolutely true. Um, I'm not denying that there's not a virus, I'm am just saying that the measures that we've taken, and they even call this a pandemic, is what is a hoax. Because when we see the data that shows that the other 15 major illnesses that have trended for the last 10 years just fell off the charts last last February, uh, you don't have to be that smart to figure out that they all went to COVID. That that those those people were going to, you know, most of those people unfortunately were going to die of those other causes anyway. And the CDC actually amazingly, you can go to the CDC website and they admit that 94% of these people that they're putting down as the COVID deaths died of other comorbidities. Uh, So that's on their own own website. I'm surprised actually that the corrupt CDC even puts that on there, but it's it's, it's on there until they take it down. Um, But, uh, you know, if I can only go by my own experience Um, and, you know, I, I get out every day, get plenty of sun, breathe, uh, in and out the the are. The you know I, I've never want to mask anyone in my family uh, and, I, and we have a lot of people here we have a lot of, you may have saw in the video there's a lot of, of and I was even concerned at the beginning of this thing back last February of the 70 and 80 year old people that we have work here and a lot of the customers that are 80 and 90 mm-hmm. years old that seem to not be concerned to wearing a mask and uh, and they're still coming you know coming back every day I've not heard of any of our customers that have that have you know we're, we're certainly way way better than the national average and not a single one of our of our employees has 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 died of, of covid and um, the record speaks for itself
1: but, well it does it does um and and i think it's interesting you know you saw you saw the surgeon general say masks don't work and then he changed his tune you saw fauci say masks don't work and then he said okay no you need to wear a mask now he says two masks now he says oh no no never mind one mask So the science is clearly confused. They're obviously confused. It would be great if they would look at the data that we showed you on the charts, which which is just, it's gathered, it's there. It'd be nice if airlines and malls and other places would look at it too, because if indeed mask mandates are raising COVID rates, that's something we should all be responsible to talk about. And we appreciate that you looked at the data and that you talked to the doctors and you got your information there and you based your customers' experience on that um, Alfie Oaks thank you for being with us I will by the way see you on Saturday at Oaks Farms Seed to Table I will be driving there from my home in Palm Beach to your store Naples Florida and I'll be doing some shopping so we'll see you then
8: thank you so much and, and I'd like those doctors to come check us out and, and and show see what we're doing right why why less people are getting ill here with with us being open that's I'd like to see see those DC doctors come in and and do a study over here
1: makes sense Thank you so much, Alfie. Thank, thank you. Coming up, the LA LA Times printed a very disturbing column by a woman who despises her Trump-loving neighbors, and we're gonna tell you all about it up next for Dr. Gina Prime Time, after this.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: And welcome back to Dr. of Primetime. All right, it's time for doctor's orders. Now, you may have heard about the ridiculous and disturbing column by, the LA Times, uh, by in the LA Times rather by Virginia Hefferman, and it was titled, What Can You Do About the Trumpites? Like termites next door. I, I, that's what it reminds me of anyway. Now, she begins the column lamenting the fact that her Trump-loving neighbors shoveled snow from her driveway. She doesn't want to have to thank them or to even believe that these people have any redeeming qualities about them. She's having trouble reconciling that these people are actually people. Now, psychology experts call this cognitive dissonance. The columnist cannot compute in her brain that Trump supporters could be people worth knowing. The left has spent years dehumanizing conservatives. It's a really effective political trick. Just ask Hitler. And if you can convince someone that their political opponent is evil or less than human, then you don't have to ever actually win an argument with them. You can just dismiss your opponent as stupid or worthless or evil or worse, not human. Now, this tactic isn't just effective, it's dangerous. That L.A. Times columnist never considered that she should get to know her neighbors or try to understand them or let alone thank them. She actually compared them to terrorists, I imagine that she's the type of person who would see a child in a MAGA hat and rip it off their head or spit in the face of someone in a Blue Lives Matter shirt. And if she were in Germany in the 1930s, she might even have been one of those types of people who ripped the head coverings off of an observant Jew and demanded that they wear markings on their body to identify their beliefs. So, to all of those who called Trump Hitler or fascist for four years, Trump never censored free speech, but the left did. Trump never used the media to silence his political opposition, but the left did. Trump never threatened to take away people's guns. The left did. Trump never threatened to put people who disagreed with him politically into re-education camps. The left did. So, if you see a person in a MAGA hat and see them as less than human, you might want to take a good, long look in the mirror. And that's my doctor's orders for tonight. All right, here with me now to react to my doctor's orders, that would be radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. Kevin, you've got to give me your initial reaction to that column in the LA Times, and go ahead, my analysis of it. I'm ready.
9: Well, it's interesting because as you read through the column, at least the first, fourth to third, you're thinking, man, this person actually has a grain of of self-awareness, of uh, actual observant truth, that they're actually going to come to a conclusion that actually makes sense. And then you read the other two thirds of the column and you realize that they are just as confused as they were before they started to write it. But the problem <laughs> here is, in many respects, and it's, and it's a consistent one, I mean, I, 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 I applaud the author on this note. Genuine conservatives tend to be people of genuine values they, gen- they generally tend to be people that actually care for fellow human beings. They don't believe the government is the solution for everyone else. They believe that if they do a kind deed to someone else, someone else will pass that on, and kind deeds will be replicated all throughout planet Earth. The, the problem for the author here is not her Trump-loving neighbor who snowplowed her driveway. It's her own soul. She's dead she doesn't realize what a low level of expectation she has of fellow human beings, especially those who have a moral code.
1: Yeah, you know, that is an interesting observation. And it's so prevalent, though, Kevin. Do you have means? Have you ever broken through that sort of hatred?
9: I don't know that I've ever broken through that level of hatred, but as you know, I broadcast from New York. It's the bluest of the blue cities and one of the bluest regions in the country. I will say this, that when people get to know me, there is a very different response over time than people that just assume they know me from things I write or things I broadcast about or things I tweeted in the past when I was allowed on Twitter or other things. Uh, and, And I think that's what's missing here. The left has no willingness to have personal conversation, personal relationship, any kind of connection with people that actually are different than them. And because I don't strictly approach this from a purely political sum zero game, I actually am a man of faith. I'm always trying to win people to the truth in terms of what I see it from a theological perspective. I want to win them to the truth from what I see from a political perspective, too. I'm an evangelist from that perspective. I love people. I want to see them embrace the truth, embrace the highest form of knowledge. So I always hope the best for them. And sometimes that includes shoveling their sidewalk.
1: <laughs> All right, we're coming to the end of the show. We want to add a little more fun as if it could get even more fun. Having Kevin McCullough on the show is pretty fun. It is time for our meme of the day, Kevin. Here we go. All right, KMC, this one is from the Babylon Bee, 138,000 points, it says, suddenly awarded to the Chiefs at halftime. <laughs> Kevin, it sounds like a certain election. I remember I saw so many great memes out there, honestly, and the graph just makes it perfect, doesn't it?
9: Well, when they called the timeout and they didn't resume play until 4 a.m., you knew there was exactly. some hijinks in the <laughs> works somewhere.
1: It all felt so terribly familiar, didn't it? But you know, but you know, uh, they probably will say we're all crazy conspiracy theorists if we actually notice that those kinds of things happen, right?
9: Not only that, they are going to officially ban Tom Brady and uh, Rob Gronkowski from uh, Twitter immediately. They cannot allow them to uh, defend themselves in this victory.
1: Hey, I'm surprised they haven't already, because Tom Brady keeps a MAGA hat in his locker, and I thought those things were contraband in this country now.
9: I, you, you would think so. But of course, he is living in the free state of Florida, so there is some you know, value to where he is now, as opposed to the Commonwealth of the Communist Republic of Massachusetts, where he used to play.
1: There you go. There you go. So maybe that's what he did right. Uh, it's, you just don't know. But anyway, it was it was kind of fun. I'm not an NFL fan. They've done so much wrong, but it was kind of fun to lighten up a little bit yesterday and uh, and just to kind of just do something. Well, that was only, only if angry. you made it.
9: That was only if you made it through the pregame. The three hours leading True. up to the game, my bride was constantly change the channel. We're not putting up with oh, this yeah. preacher uh, lecture, firing speechifying stuff anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, conservatives not welcome on any of that stuff, but you get so used to it, it almost like blows over your head. Kevin, we're out of time, but thank you so much for being with us. And I will be on your show tomorrow, so everybody's got to watch or listen to me there. And Kevin, we appreciate you. And thanks to you also for joining me tonight. Thanks to everyone here at your new home for Real News, RAV tv Real America's Voice. Hug your children, love your God, go boldly now, and live the truth. Good night, everybody.